Balancing Point, Episode 8. Welcome to the Balancing Point Podcast, where we invite you to join us on a journey into the amazing world of professional ballet. Our guests will provide you with an inside peek into this exclusive world while offering motivation and inspiration on how to not only succeed in dance, but also in life. And now, your host, Kimberly Falker. Hello and welcome to Balancing Point Podcast. I want to thank each of you for taking the time to download and listen. I would also love to remind you to stop by our website at bouncingpoint.com. That's P-O-I-N-T-E. Each episode is accompanied by some pretty fabulous show notes with photos and videos and more information about each guest. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and also Instagram. So if you've got any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. And finally, if you sign up to subscribe to our email list and have a specific question for one of our upcoming guests, you can leave it there and maybe you'll be featured on one of our shows. All right, so let's get started. Today's guest is 21-year-old Claire Kretschmer. Claire is a member of the New York City Ballet's Corps de Ballet. She began her dance training at the Academy of Dance Arts in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and later studied at the Wake Forest Community Ballet and University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Claire began studying at the School of American Ballet, which is the official school of New York City Ballet, during the summers from 2006 through 2009. After that, she enrolled as a full-time student at the School of American Ballet in 2009 during her senior year of high school. Then in 2010, she became an apprentice with the New York City Ballet and joined the company as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2011. Claire, I've shared a bit about your accomplishments in ballet. Can you please share a bit more about yourself and your personal journey in dance? Sure. Um, Right now I'm 21 years old and I'm starting my third year as a core dancer in the New York City Ballet. And it's kind of weird to think that I've been there for that amount of time already. But I started dancing when I was five, uh, doing jazz and tap at a local studio in Louisiana um, and then my dad retired from the military, so we moved to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, um, where I began taking ballet and jazz at the Academy of Dance Arts um, in Winston-Salem. Um, from there, I started taking dance at uh, Wake Forest Community Ballet, where my teacher, Brantley Shapiro, really uh, guided me in the direction of ballet more than jazz. Um, and, uh, Brantley Shapiro, though, was the one who really pushed me to try out for the School of the Arts, um, and so I auditioned for a summer program and eventually went there for, I think, two summers, um, before. And where is that located? Um, it's in Winston-Salem, so right in my hometown. We are very fortunate, uh, to have that school, um, about 15 minutes away from my house. And in the eighth grade was when I had to make a decision uh, whether I'd want to stay on the uh, normal, regular public school path or go to art school at North Carolina School of the Arts, uh, which is now called University of North Carolina School of the Arts. And that was a tough decision 
because I would have to leave all my friends at public school and um, uh, try a new situation where half the day was spent doing academics, half of it spent doing dance. But uh, eventually I committed um, to the School of the Arts for my eighth grade through uh, 12th grade years. Did you also do the uh, summer intensives or continue to do the summer intensives there or did you start branching out? When I went to School of the Arts, I felt like since I was there for the whole year, um, I should try um, another place for the summer. So uh, again, at the um, suggestion uh, made by Brantley Shapiro, I auditioned for the School of American Ballet summer programs. And I believe my first year I wasn't accepted, but then the later years, like, um, I was. And so in the summers, I would go to New York and study at the School of American Ballet um, to get a different experience and to learn other ways um, of improving my technique. Excuse me, how many summers did you attend School of American Ballet? I went there for four summers, and then following that, those four summers, I went to Pacific Northwest Ballet for one summer. Okay. Was there an opportunity provided at um, the School of American Ballet over the course of those four summers to stay, or was that something that happened later on in your journey? Um, yes. I think uh, each year except for the first year, they offered me a position um, uh, with the winter term to come during the winter term. Um, but I was, I still felt pretty young and my parents didn't want me to go away from home just yet. So I continually returned to School of the Arts uh, through 11th grade um, for the year, for the full academic year. And then finally, my last summer at SAB, I decided that I was old enough and ready, and my parents, too, helped me with this decision. Um, they said it would be a great opportunity if I went uh, for my senior year of high school um, to study at SAB and to continue my academics there. When you were asked to stay at the previous summers, was there ever a fear or a concern that if you said no, you would blow your chances for further invitations? There was a little fear, but I think that the other aspects of my life sort of um, overpowered that fear. And I, I knew that I wanted to, I had a great situation at the School of the Arts. Um, I was close to my family and my friends, and I still could get really good training there. Could you please share with the listeners a time in your journey where you experienced a failure or a major disappointment as a dancer? Yes, I've had many. <laughs> but, um, let's see. One in particular that stands out is probably my first major disappointment, and that was when I was in the ninth grade. And I did not receive the role of Clara in the Nutcracker. I was called to audition um, in the early fall. And the audition consisted of doing a little pantomime and a little dancing. 
And I was so flustered that I could not learn the choreography. And I did not execute it well, to say the least. And um, so, obviously, I did not get the part. And what made it even a more difficult experience was that my best friend received the part over me. Um, So I was um, a little jealous, but also excited for her, and but also sad that I didn't receive the part as well as her. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a really difficult mixed emotion yeah, that you were experiencing at the same time. Definitely. I just a range of emotions that I could not deal with. So what lesson did you learn or take away from this experience? I learned that you can't get everything you want in life. Sometimes um, it's just not meant to be. and But you can continue to work hard and show people that you are driven and make personal improvements um, through your um dedication to the art form that part in particular is a difficult one to have lost because it's kind of an age specific one-time shot almost you know it is yeah and the next year I couldn't do it because I was either too tall or too too old looking or whatever yeah yeah we've we've seen that before and I can understand how that would be a a bigger disappointment whereas where you are now you might have a shot at a part the following year or the next even you know so if you work harder you could get it but this particular one is kind of a an aged out (laughs) yeah um and it's also such an iconic role too for a young girl being clara in the nutcracker or marie whichever right right But along with disappointments, I'm sure you've had many moments to celebrate. Can you share one particularly shining moment? Um, Well, since we're talking about the Nutcracker, um, last year I got to do the Arabian solo um, with the company, which was possibly the most fun I've had on stage. Um, And you get to be a totally different character Oh, I bet. He's very sensual and sultry. Um, so that was just really fun. And what made it also very memorable was that my whole family, even my brother, who is the biggest ballet fan, <laughs> he came and my uh, best friend who lives in Michigan, who hadn't seen me dance in a very long time, uh, came all the way out to New York uh, to see the show. Oh. And... It just was such a fulfilling thing to perform a great role, but also to have my family in the audience um, supporting me. That must have been monumental for everybody. I'm sure your mom wept. (laughs) I I think that that happened. I can't say for certain, though, because I was not there. So, Claire, what's one piece of advice that you've received that has stuck with you over the years? Um, from my friends, actually, uh, fellow dancers, I've learned that this may sound selfish, but dancing is ultimately um, to fulfill yourself. And so um, you should try to dance for yourself and be happy um, when you're performing and moving. 
dance is also we also always try to please teachers and choreographers and be perfect but at the end of the day it's just about finding the joy in it and personal um, fulfillment yeah that that makes sense because if you don't dance for the love for yourself of dancing then the audience will sense that if you're dancing for the wrong reasons definitely and... they, they won't get as much from it if you're not enjoying it mm-hmm. and you can tell when people dance that they're just it's a magical thing as an audience member to watch when somebody's so in love with what they're doing because it radiates through the whole stage definitely has there been a specific moment in your career so far where you realized that kind of you've just made it and you looked around and thought, oh, my gosh, here I am? Uh, I have to say, and this is sort of a very concrete example, um, when I got my core contract with the New York City Ballet was when I sort of realized that I'd made it. Um, I called both my parents and I remember my dad being very silent after I told him, probably because he didn't know what to say. Um, and tell us how that goes, because, you know, the the new series is out on AOL, and it's just been done so well, but the way that they present it, or the way it's presented, is that, you know, you go through the School of American Ballet in order to get into the company, is that correct? Yes, yes. So nobody can get into the company unless they started at SAB. Yes, there are very, very few exceptions. And then from there, do you have to be a senior to to be asked to be apprentice, or do they ask younger kids too? You have to be in the highest level of the girls' or men's division. So you can uh, reach that level Possibly it might be after your senior year. Okay, so you can stay on at SAB even if you've graduated high school. You can. It's sort of um, taken case by case. but. Um, and do, do dancers get chosen throughout the year, or is there kind of a one time of the year that it's announced? Um, there's a specific time in the year where it always happens, and that is at the end of the year around the time of our performance so in in may like around april or may um but sometimes the new york city ballet needs more dancers um particularly for the nutcracker season when there's just so many people involved and so many shows so i was actually taken as an apprentice with um another girl uh, emily kicked in late October so that we could perform the Nutcracker that year um, with the company. So they wouldn't let a dancer perform if they didn't have a title or a contract of some sort? No, yeah. So you've mentioned your family quite a bit. How has your family played a role in your success in ballet, do you think? Oh, they've been so supportive. They would um, take me to uh, school of the Arts really early in the morning and then pick me up late at night and they'd wait in the car because sometimes rehearsals would go over. Um, but they'd be very patient. And uh, and since coming to New York, they've helped me with my move. And if there are things that are stressing me out, you know, I'll just talk to my mom or dad or sister. Not so much brother, but I love him anyway. 
<laughs> and I can um, just relay my problems to them. Yeah, and I just I, I love having them here too in New York. It's very fun. They're actually coming for Thanksgiving. Oh, good. In my apartment, cook <laughs> <laughs> in my small kitchen. <laughs> That'll be fun. It's very fun. So, is there something that uh, is really exciting you right now, either in your career or your life? Maybe you just the Thanksgiving. I don't know. <laughs> Thanksgiving is actually very exciting. We we look forward to it every year. It's, it's actually become a tradition that my family comes up, um, stays in my apartment, and we cook um, turkey and stuffing, mashed potatoes. And um, <clears throat> uh, I recently just moved apartments, um, and I have uh, um, share an apartment with two other girls, and we have um, extra space this year. So we're going to have a, a little fun time in our apartment. And and we watch the Macy's Day Parade, which is... And we, we actually go to the street to watch it, um, which is always fun. Even if it's cold, it's just the atmosphere is exciting and festive. Um, this is just a really good tradition that we always look forward to. Claire, if you had the opportunity to dance on stage with any dancer current or in the history of dance, who would it be and what would you dance? Gosh, there's so many talented people out there. Um, I have to say I would dance with Wendy Whelan, um, and I would love to do the two girls dance with um, from Agon with her because um, – in that dance, the girls sort of mimic each other. It's sort of like a mirror image. And um, I would just love to mimic her movement, honestly. And she is one of the kindest, um, ta- most talented and genuine artists that I know. So I feel like it would just be a very fulfilling experience um, to do with her. How is the interaction from a core up to the principal? Do you guys get to know each other, or is it kind of separated out in ranks, so to speak? It's a little separate. I definitely associate more with the core dancers because we uh, talk about the choreography that we're learning. If we have questions, um, we ask each other. We sort of bond over those similar um core experiences but in class and between rehearsals and sometimes in rehearsals when we rehearse with them they're always very uh, very kind for the most part and it's very inspiring to see them too because obviously we would love to be there one day and to have the roles that they have. Is there a typical like time frame to move through the ranks or is it can be anything? Not really. It can be anything. Some people move very quickly through the ranks, becoming maybe a soloist in like two or three years and then the principal shortly after that. But then others, um, I know it takes more like maybe uh, 10 years to become a soloist and who knows what uh, if principal is in store, but uh, it definitely varies from person to person. And it's not a bad thing either way, I feel. It's just a very um, personal matter. And nobody skips ranks, right? No, everybody goes through um, the same ones. Okay. How many people are in the core right now? I want to say about, this is a very 
broad estimate because I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I want to say about 50 or 60. Okay. Um, I think there are 90 people in the company altogether. I want to say the principals probably make up about 25, 25-ish, and then the soloists, uh, the remaining part. Do the dancers find their own location for warm-up classes, or do you have kind of a requirement on how you're supposed to proceed with that? Um, every morning we have company class at 1030, um, and most people take this class because it's a free class, and um, you can always count on it, and we know the teachers. Um, so all 90 are in a room together? Not all 90, because a lot of times people like the principals or soloists and even some core will go um, elsewhere um, to take class like randomly, like one day they'll choose to take class um, at Steps on Broadway or they'll take class at SAB. Um, And so usually I feel like there's about maybe 60 in it's still very big, but um, we have a big studio that can support that number. Um, but not and usually we don't have the whole 90 taking right. class. And then for company classes, I know this is a random question, but it's always intrigued me. I know that there's kind of like a territorialism with bar spots. Do you guys do that? Or is it just wherever you show up and stand? Um I think some people do have their bar spots that they have to have, but since it is all usually a crowded class, um, people are more understanding um, than possibly people um, in schools. Okay. Because um, you just have to kind of find a spot right. <laughs> um, and deal with it. <laughs> um, but there are people who get there earlier who kind of claim their spot. And then you, you know, you've done the year-round training. You obviously did a little bit later than some do it because you happen to be living in a town with the arts program. But what is your opinion about the necessity of training as a year-round trainee in order to be accepted into a major company? I definitely think that it's uh, crucial if you want to become a part of a company anywhere. Um And I say that because SAB for me was sort of like that trainee program. That's the stepping stone um, to the company. And I honestly don't think I would be where I am today if I hadn't gone to SAB. Um, So I definitely think that those trainee programs um, give you exposure to a company that you might like to be a part of. And they allow the directors to see um, how you would fit in the company. And so I definitely think that's something that can open doors for you. And then what's your advice for aspiring professionals regarding summer intensives? Well, um, I think definitely do your research because the different programs offer different styles and different living situations and, um, and schedules. And since you'll be there for a period of four to seven weeks, depending on the program. That's a long time to be in a situation where you might not like it. So definitely, I feel like doing your research um, for summer programs 
helps. And also experiencing a lot of different summer programs. That's something that I kind of wish that I had done was go experience different cities and programs because um, why not dance in San Francisco and Miami and Seattle and experience different different styles and uh, settings, yeah. Culture. And Claire, do you still get nervous before a performance? And if so, what do you do to help calm your nerves? I do. I get very nervous before performances. Um, even small, even small roles, I'll still get a little nervous. Um, but um, I usually try to just take a lot of deep breaths, tell myself it's going to be okay. And then one of the biggest things that I do to help is to visualize myself doing it well on stage. Um, so no, I try not to have any negative um, images in my mind because that will only hurt me um, when it comes time to perform. Claire, we're going to transition now to a question from an aspiring dancer. Today's question is from a Twitter follower at Teen Dancer 5678 who asks, what is your advice regarding auditions? I would say have a very clean look, um, a simple leotard. You don't need to wear any kind of um, fancy, special leotard to stand out. People will notice your dancing. But just a very clean look um, and always just be very present in your demeanor. Show them that you really want to be there and you want to be a part of uh, whatever the, the school or um, you want to have a certain role, just show whoever's watching that you really care. In closing, a few final questions. Um, the first one is, if you could go back in time to your 13-year-old self with the wisdom, confidence, and lessons you've learned along the way, what advice would you give to yourself? I would say enjoy all facets of life, dance and extracurricular activities and family time. And especially at 13, I feel like uh, you're almost at the time when things start to pick up in your career or in your um, in your studies and your dance training. Um, so I feel like at 13, still try to hang on to the time and the um, opportunities to explore different activities. And, um, just really hang on to that because in high school, I remember thinking I took it for granted and wishing that I had more time to enjoy that. That's great advice. Yeah, I can see. And then the next question with that same wisdom, confidence and lessons learned, what would be your advice to aspiring dancers today? Um, I would say along those lines, uh, try to find a balance between the different aspects in your life. Um, because if you think about dance all the time, you might go crazy enjoying different activities will help keep you really grounded. And then when you uh, dance, you'll just feel really refreshed and excited to do what you love. And what is your favorite motivational quote and how have you applied this in your life? I think my favorite motivational quote comes from my favorite movie of all time, which is Up. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. I love everything about the music, the story, the the imagery. Um, 
Anyway, one of the things that Ellie says is adventure is out there. And I feel like there's so much to explore in life that um, you really need to just seize the day and try to see and experience all that you can and make the most of all of your dancing experiences and perform like it's your last performance. Yeah, you're right, because you never know, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta really grab hold of it. Um oh, that's great advice. I love that. Yeah. So a couple um final questions. If listeners wanted to connect with you, do you have a Facebook fan page or are you on Twitter or how could they find you? I I don't have Twitter and I don't have a fan page because I don't think I have that many fans. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I well after this you will. <laughs> I I can become a Facebook friend with anyone. I I also do Instagram and my name is Eclairlyn E C L A I R L Y N N, and I do love to post pictures. Well, that's a great resource because I think a lot of the dancers will be on there. Definitely, I I love Instagram. Well, thank you so much, Claire. I hope you have a great day and a great Thanksgiving with your family. Thank you. I'm very excited. You too. And thank you everyone again for listening to today's episode of Balancing Point Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to stop by iTunes and leave us a review. If you have any questions, please stop by our website or you can message us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And be sure to tune in tomorrow where our guests will be Skyping us all the way from the Sydney Opera House in Australia. Thank you and have a great day.